Travel Tidbits podcast, hosted by the agents of Pineapple Escapes. Join us as we discuss the latest in travel news, destinations, and tips for the savvy traveler. After all, travel makes life sweeter. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode four, season two of the Travel Tidbits podcast, brought to you by the agents of Pineapple Escapes. I'm Christy Shear, travel agent, and today I'm joined by fellow agents Samantha Harris and Kayla Simons, as well as our agency owner, Jamie Weidel. We all just returned from a Disney cruise aboard the Dream, and we want to share our experience with you and what we learned about some of the new cruising protocols, as well as, you know, some tips and things we learned on the cruise. So good morning. Is everybody all recovered from our trip? (laughs) Recovered and ready to go again. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, we're heading out again this next uh, weekend. So we didn't get long to rest, but that's okay. So we're going to start out just by going around and having each of the agents kind of talk about what their past cruise experience has been. That way, when we talk, it's kind of clear what their perspective is going into this conversation. So Samantha, I'm going to start with you. So this is actually my very first cruise. I think it being a Disney cruise and being low capacity probably spoiled me for any other cruise that I take here on out, but it was great and it was a great learning experience. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's when you start at the top, it's just hard to um, experience other cruises from then. But yeah, so glad you got to do that. So what about you, Jamie? Well, my family's big cruisers. Actually, one of my very first trips with my now husband was on a cruise. So We've traveled all over. We've done cruises in the Mediterranean. We've done Northern Europe. We've done tons of Caribbean. So we love cruising. So I'm so glad to see it back and back in action. So I have a lot of, you know, past experiences to draw from and to compare this one to. And I will say, I wouldn't hesitate to send anyone on a cruise right now. It is different. There are new protocols and we can help you with all of those details and all the steps along the way. But it's still amazing. It's still a great way to vacation and see so many different places. So it's a lot of fun. Exactly. I agree. I've told people since I came back that I felt safer on the cruise ship than I do going to Target or someplace like that. They've got a lot of safety protocols in place. What about you, Kayla? So I have actually only been on one other cruise. Um, It was a Norwegian cruise to the, um, actually to Bahamas. So the same area that we were just at, it's hard for me to compare because I love Disney. I'm a big Disney fan. So all the special Disney magic touches just really impressed me. And um, like I said, I have three little kids before in a previous podcast, but I uh, would love to take them. I can't wait just to see all the excitement that the kids on the ship, just their face and the squeals and the just that energy was just uh, really was pretty amazing. So definitely want to go back. Yeah, I agree. I um, myself have been cruising since the mid 90s and gone on probably around 15 cruises. But this was my first Disney cruise. I've in the past done Carnival, Holland, America, Royal Caribbean. So I was really excited to get to try a Disney cruise. And I have to say, um, having been to Disney a couple times since COVID started, I feel like there's much more character interaction on the cruise ships than what we saw in the park. So 
if your kiddos are big on interacting with characters, I would say this is a great option for you right now as far as travel to see the characters. So, Jamie, um, I'm going to put you on the spot because you are the one who has sailed with Disney Cruise Lines before. So can you talk a little bit about the process to be able to book the cruise, what was required that was different in the past, as well as kind of how the process of actual getting on the ship was different? Yeah, absolutely. So the big difference, I think, is obviously all COVID-related. They require now vaccinations for all guests over 12. And starting here in just a couple days, they are going to require that everyone be tested prior to boarding the ship as well. So that's a big change from, obviously, we didn't have to deal with any of those things when we cruised previously. When you board the ship now, they're still like the queues that they had before, but they space you out. So if you arrive at the port early, you are not allowed to enter the big building where you go through the process. So you have to be sure that you are arriving at the designated time. They're kind of trying to keep down the crowds in that area. I know if you've cruised Disney before, you remember that that main building could just be crazy right when you know the port opens. So they've kind of spaced that out and you're not allowed in until your designated port arrival time. And then they try to space you out inside. So there's, you know, as you've seen everywhere when you're traveling now, there's like the little spacer blocks to kind of space you out to get through the whole process. But everything is done online. So you'll have all of your pre-boarding, all of your arrival stuff done beforehand. You have to upload your passport. They do check your passport at the port. You also have to upload your vaccination card so that it can be approved. So there's a lot of extra steps that we can help you with as part of the process. Overall, though, I will say it was very quick and easy once we got to the port and they made it as peaceful as possible. In the past, when you boarded, you just kind of all streamed on. Now they allow 10 groups in at a time into the main atrium and they do like a little welcome show with Mickey and Minnie. So that was really cute. They have little blocks for you to stand on so that you're spaced out from the other parties. And you do have to be masked inside on the ship. So that was a big change too. So it's a little bit different, but I wouldn't say that it's anything that's so different that it would keep me from doing it again. Like, And it actually went very smooth. Yeah. I'm going to throw in that the thing I loved was the difference in the muster station and gathering there. Because I know in some cruises in the past, I've you know, you've had to go, go to where your lifeboat is and some cruise lines, you even have to put on the life vest and stand there in the boiling sun and go through this whole process. Well, now with COVID, you just go there, they scan your um, the app on your phone, and then you're back to your room. There's none of that being crowded out there waiting around. So I saw that as a very positive thing because that was one of the things that I just always disliked about cruises. I completely agree. And it's always just so awkward because you're standing out there on the deck with all these people, you know, so close together. It's hot. You've got your life jacket on and it feels like your cruise has just started. And then they sound the alarm and you had to do that. So this is definitely a lot better. Royal has actually improved this in previous years where we would just go to the auditorium and watch like a movie about it, which was a lot better and then report to our station. But being able to scan the app was great and so easy. I hope they keep that moving forward even once COVID is long in the dust. I agree. 
Kayla, Samantha, anything you all have to add about getting on the ship or the requirements or COVID restrictions, anything like that? I would just have to agree with Jamie. I thought the process, I was a little worried with all of the steps that we were going to have to go through to kind of get on the ship, but it was really seamless. And I actually didn't mind kind of going into individual groups from a separate crowd. It made me feel a little more comfortable and it made you feel a little more um, like you were being focused on. So I really, I thought it was great. Right. Yeah, I agree. I do too. And I don't have anything to compare it to for previous cruises, but I do think that it went very smooth and quick and very organized. Agreed. Okay. We are going to jump into one of our favorite subjects because we are all big foodies. Number one rule of travel with us when you get your food at a restaurant, nobody touches it until pictures are taken of everything. So... (laughs) So we're going to start in and just kind of talk about um, some of the meals we had, the dining experiences, those kind of things. Who wants to start us out? I'll talk. I'll always talk about food. I loved it. I've been on the Disney Dream before, so I had a good idea of what our experience would be like. And I felt like, you know, the food was very good. There's tons of options. You're definitely not going to go hungry by any stretch of the imagination. They did have us spaced out in the dining room a little bit. The characters did come by, but they were socially distanced. Crush was still active in Animator's Palette. So there was a lots of great character interactions. I think Disney does a great job because they have the rotational dining. So even on a three-night cruise, you're eating in a different restaurant each night on the ship. And so that makes it a lot of fun. And they try to really enhance the experience for their guests. The wait staff does move with you from restaurant to restaurant, so they get to know you, they get to know your preferences, and I love that part as well. But the actual food was also delicious. We did not eat at either of the specialty restaurants at Palo or Remy, but those are my favorites too. Those are great spots if you're looking for an adult-only experience. We just ate in the main dining room, but it was very good. We also ate at Cabana's for the buffet And they are serving you instead of the traditional buffet. So there's a few less choices than when I've previously been on the ship, but it still didn't disappoint. Yeah, this was one of my favorite differences I saw in the Disney cruise was the entertainment while you were eating. Because I'm used to, you know, excellent food and great service. But with this, you you kind of get a mini show with it. So especially great if you're traveling with kids. I know the one that I was really impressed with was in Animator's Palette, where they had an interactive screen with the characters of Finding Nemo. So Crush, the turtle from that, would actually interact with kids in the dining room. They had that set up somehow with camera and microphone. So that was just really neat. We also got to enjoy Pirate Night. So on the Disney cruises, they typically have a theme night. I know some of the times there's a Star Wars theme. With ours, it was pirate night. So we did not go too overboard with our costumes. We dressed in red, black, and white. But you saw a whole variety. Some people went all out with the costumes. Some people didn't dress at all. We just were kind of a a nice medium there. But that was a lot of fun. Everybody got a bandana um, in the dining room. Pirates coming through, singing and dancing, and a lot of interaction. So I can see kids really enjoying that. Although as an adult, I enjoyed it too. I thought it was fun. Anybody else have any favorite dining experiences while on the ship? 
I think my favorite was Pirate Night also. I just think it it was so much fun. And I loved seeing all of the kids and adults just dressed up and channeling their inner pirate and just having so much fun. And all the staff was dressed up as well. And it just, I don't know, the whole atmosphere, I think, in the the dining that night was just a lot of fun. And I can't believe no one has m- mentioned ice cream. The um, <laughs> the ice cream um, treats available in the quick service area because they had different flavors of um, soft serve, usually two different flavors a day. And so that was definitely a, a favorite. Even if we left a meal and were stuffed and couldn't hold another thing, we could somehow find room for a little more ice cream. So <laughs> definitely a favorite. One thing that really I thought was pretty neat was just the, as Jamie was mentioning, the wait staff will follow us through the rotational dining. And the first night I was pretty sick, just feeling the the motion sickness. And by the end, the, the, our wait staff had me just laughing because they were bringing me ginger ale and crackers. And they were just really in tune with our group and just how we were all feeling and doing. And it was fun to, I kind of, you know, we all looked forward to seeing them every night just to joke with them. And just, I felt like made the experience more memorable, you know, and at the end we took a group photo and it's, it was just neat. I think it leaves you with a, a good impression of just that they really care about the guests. I completely agree with you, Kayla. And I think that that's one way that Disney really goes above and beyond. My family also has sailed on Royal and Norwegian. I also really love Royal ships, but Disney just goes above and beyond with the guest service aspect. Especially with kids, they cut up their food. There are coloring books in the dining room and different activities. On Pirate Night, they had the little hat that they could make and different things. They just really go above and beyond. And the wait staff really is in tune with your desires and what you want. They knew immediately after the first night what we wanted to drink. If we picked at our food, they're like, do you want something else? Like they were immediately on top of it. And like, sometimes they could even like read my expressions, I think like, which I am expressive. So I guess that's not that much of a stretch, <laughs> but, but it, it felt like they were very in tune with, with our needs and very on top of it. And I love that about Disney Cruise Line. Right. Even some nights we had trouble deciding between an entree or something. And it would be like, oh, we'll just bring you both. You know, try this. Tell us what you think about it and so forth. So that was fun. And I I actually did want to add, I, in regards to COVID, I know we always bring up COVID, but that is obviously a pressing matter. I felt very safe in the dining rooms. We were spaced out, similar spacing to what I would, you know, I would experience at a restaurant at home. They were wearing masks, obviously. And I was very impressed because I did not see one crew member fidgeting with their mask. It never fell below their nose. Just felt like they they were wearing their mask properly. So that made me feel really good. Of course, as we walk into each dining room, they really encourage us to sanitize, you know, use the sanitizer just to before we enter. So I think all those things are really good. Definitely. Okay, we've kind of made reference to fun things for kids. So let's move on to talk about some of the kids' activities that were available. Who wants to start us out? 
So the kids' activities in the kids' clubs, I thought were very impressive because we didn't have kids with us. We didn't get to see all of it. But there was one morning that we, um, when we got to the island, they did open up the kids' club for kind of a tour. So we got to tour one of the rooms. There was video games, iPads, toys. There was, my favorite was the Andy's um, toy room. And it had all of your, like your Toy Story characters and the RC car. And I know with my kids, my boys, when they were, I mean, one is still little, but when the other one was the same age or whatever, they would have just, they would have loved that. They would have loved to go in there and spend the day pretending they were playing in Andy's bedroom with Andy's toys. But they had the Star Wars room as well. They had, and that was in the Oceaneers Club, which was ages 3 to 12. But beyond that, they had the Edge Club, which was for ages 11 to 14. But we did not get to see that room or the nursery. So one thing, having sailed with my kids on Disney Cruise Line, my kids absolutely adore the kids clubs. They do such a great job with the kids. The protocols are a little bit different right now. Right now, you have to make like a reservation to go to the kids club and you only get a certain amount of time and then they do them in groups of 10. So they're kind of limiting the, the exposure in the kids club and how all of the interaction is handled, which is a COVID necessity. But prior to COVID, it was just come and go as you please. There are magic bands that the kids have that check them in and out of the kids club. And my kids loved it. It was a great opportunity for us to send two of them and maybe spend one-on-one time or two-on-one time with one of our kids. It was a great way for Mike and I to spend time together. So the kids clubs really kicked the whole vacation up a notch. And I will say also comparing to other cruises that I've been on, Disney does an excellent job with this. My kids did Disney Cruise Line first. So now they don't want to do the the kids clubs on other ships because Disney's are so amazing. It kind of sets a precedent, a precedent and a bar a little bit higher. And so Disney Cruise Line definitely goes a step ahead with all of their kids club options. I think the thing to remember too at the kids clubs is that they are clubs. You can send your kids there and not feel bad like you're just dropping them off the babysitter while you have a good time. It is activities geared toward your kids, very interactive. They love going there. So it's not something that you have to force them to do. They they really do a great job with kids. They have a lot of qualifications um, for the people who can actually do those programs. It's not just anybody. They have experience with kids, experience in education. So they make it a lot of fun for kids. Okay, let's talk about the entertainment that was available on the ship. We had some great shows, and um, I know that was another thing that really impressed me was the quality of the shows, and they were Disney-themed, so kids would love them because they're recognizing characters in those, but they were so well done that they were completely entertaining for adults as well. I loved the Beauty and the Beast show. We saw that. Was it night one or two? I don't remember. It kind of all ran together now, but it was night one. But I loved that one. That one was my favorite show. The singing, the dancing, it just very Broadway-esque, that show that I don't, was it like an hour and a half, I think? But it really did not even feel like you were sitting there that long. 
I agree with Samantha. I really enjoy Beauty and the Beast. If you've ever been to Hollywood Studios and seen Beauty and the Beast, the show there, I was expecting it to be the same exact show, but it is very different. It's obviously there's more scenes because it's a longer show. But Disney, again, just they go over, you know, over and above for the costumes, just every little detail. They just really do a great job with. Uh, The second show we watched was Believe. And that was a great show as well. Right before that started, they had Chip and Dale entertaining the audience with just being their silly selves. And just as we were waiting for the show to start, it was a great way to kind of bridge that to while we were waiting for the show. So that was really, that was a good uh, focus. I agree. I think both the shows were great and they did a great job. And once again, Disney really pays attention to all of those little things, the little details. And all of the ships have different shows. So if you're on any of the four ships that are out right now, and then the Wish will start sailing this summer, summer 2022, all of the ships have different shows. So that makes it really neat. You can see Beauty and the Beast on the Dream, but then on other ships, there's Frozen, there's Tangled, there's different shows. So that makes a big difference, I think, too, in being able to go on multiple Disney cruises and experience and see different things. So what about some of the other activities on the ship? I mean, there were things to do everywhere, some things specifically for adults, some things more centered towards kids. What are the, some of the things that you enjoyed and, and what you saw others enjoying? I'll go first. One thing that I really enjoyed was doing the aqueduct on the pool deck. Uh, it's a twisting water coaster. It's You go through a see through a clear tunnel and you go extends over around the ship. And it's not a super fast ride. So I, I feel like if, you know, if your kids are concerned that it may go too fast, I don't, I didn't feel like it was too fast, but it was fast enough that it was fun. Um, and was neat to, I could actually at one point look out and look at, see the ocean. So that was really, that, that's a good one to do. Right. And for the younger crowd, there is a slide. Maybe one of you can chime in with the name of it, but it actually looks like Mickey's hand is holding up this slide. So it's good for a little bit younger, although it twists and turns around. It may actually be a more thrilling ride than the aqueduct, but um, that is one we saw a lot of kids enjoying on the ship. There was also the splash park, which was Finding Nemo themed um, an area just off of the pools where there were characters and the fountains and different areas that looked like a lot of fun. I do think that Disney does a great job with all of the kids' activities between the kids' clubs, all the characters that are out and about, the pool decks. There's so many different options, but there's also a lot of great options for adults. I mean, we were able to go sing karaoke very poorly, but we did it. And we participated in a game show and Christy and I pretended to be mother daughter and we won. So that was kind of fun. I mean, there was tons of different stuff and all of this now. So it used to be pre COVID, you had a paper navigator that was left in your room every night. Now all of this information is in the app. So you can use the app to navigate all of the different things that are going on in the ship. There's also a a big movie theater on the ship that has new release movies. So we went to see the Jungle Cruise on the ship, which was a lot of fun. And they are social distancing in there and there's no popcorn, which is a disappointment. But I get that they don't want you just 
chowing down without your mask on the whole time. But so there's all kinds of adult activities as well. There's a whole adult only section called the district and it has like a champagne and wine bar. It had a pub area. We ended up in evolution like every night for some kind of activity or event. The match your mate game show was really cute. So there were tons of activities that were geared towards adults as well. And there's also an adults only pool area, the quiet cove area, and the cove cafe, which is the coffee bar on that side of the ship. So there's tons of adult only spaces and places. So cruising with Disney is actually a lot of fun, even if you don't have kids with you. But if you do have kids and they're in the kids club, you can enjoy all of those adult spaces as well. So I think that's another thing that really sets Disney apart from other cruise lines. Definitely. I am. I don't think I even told you all, but one evening I, or one day I kind of snuck away and had a little time and I had a book I was wanting to listen to. Well, of course, my battery on my phone was getting run down and I discovered in the cove, which is like the little coffee shop bar area, they had really comfy seating and every seat had multiple plugins by it. So I discovered that was a really good place to get out of the heat, but be able to see the pool, plug in my phone, put on my um, ear things and be able to listen to a book. So that was a great place to kind of get away for a little bit. I was rather surprised with the amount of adult-only activities on the ship and with the amount of the number of adults without kids on the ship. I've never cruised before and definitely, you know, not on a Disney cruise, but I had in my mind that it was more for families and that if you wanted to do, you know, adults only, you didn't have kids, why would you go on a Disney cruise? You would go on a Royal cruise. Uh, but I was, I was really surprised. I think it seemed like over half the ship were just adults, couples, singles, no kids, and there was plenty of stuff for them to do. So that was really eye opening for me to see, um, you know, the people without families, they're enjoying the cruise as well. And all the adult only activities, the adult only sections and the pools, you know, you could go if you didn't want to be around kids or families, you could go on a Disney cruise and still enjoy the adult only sections and not be at, a you know, the pool with all the kids running around. Yeah, I was surprised by that, too. I just really anticipated as a Disney cruise, it would be more families and not so many adults. But there were a lot of adult only groups on this cruise, which just goes to show there's something for everybody on there. One other thing I want to mention about activities was they do fireworks from the deck. And we had that the last night. So that was really neat. It wasn't like a a huge, extensive show but it was nice to be able to find your spot on the deck and to be able to enjoy that for a few minutes. Any other activities or entertainment you all can think of before we move on to our days at Castaway Key? I enjoyed my massage. I got a massage. (laughs) That's always good. Yeah. Uh, So that, I mean, you have, you do have to pay for, but uh, it was well worth it. And I was even more relaxed throughout my cruise. (laughs) All right, on to Castaway Key, which is Disney's private island. Because of some of the restrictions going on and ports being opened for our particular cruise, we were able to enjoy two days at Castaway Key. So 
we really had a chance to look over and explore the island and see what all it had to offer. Samantha, what was your favorite thing about Castaway Key? The beach. <laughs> the water was clear and pretty and um, good temperature. I mean, it was just, well, the water was a good temperature. The air was very hot. I was expecting a little bit more of a breeze on day one. It was really, really warm. Day two ended up being a little cooler with a breeze and uh, that was nicer. But I love, um, it was gorgeous. And we biked around the island on day two for a little bit. And that was fun. It was, you know, getting able to see little bits and, you know, kind of corners of the island that you can't see just when you're getting off the tram to go to the beach areas. Um, but it was, it was really gorgeous and clean and well-kept. Yeah, I, the water was so impressive. And the thing I, um, I talked to my daughters about because they, I have grandchildren who are four and under. So a lot of times when you go to the ocean or a beach, you've got that wave coming in and it makes it really hard for little ones to play in the water. And this is, um, I'm not sure I'm using the right term, but it's almost within like kind of a little lagoon. It's kind of enclosed around at a cove, maybe is the right word. And so, there is no waves and the water very slowly gets deeper. So great for kids to play in and not have waves knocking them down and so forth. Just a really nice beach area. Yes, I would agree. I, I do love the ocean, but I don't enjoy stepping on really sharp shells and I don't know, seaweed that gets on my feet. So that part I liked, you could see the water was crystal clear and beautiful, just like you guys said. I think this is another place where Disney does a great job on the island of giving you an adults-only area. So on the island, there's a family beach and there's snorkeling areas. There's like a kid's water slide. There's a kid's club on the beach area too. So if you are going to Castaway Key and your kids want to go to the kid's club while you're on the island, that's an option as well. And then there's an adults-only beach. So Serenity Bay is the adults-only area, which is a little bit further out from the family beach. And so no kids are allowed on that beach. And that's another great option. We ended up spending our first day at the family beach, and then we spent our second day mostly at Serenity Bay. So that was nice to kind of see the contrast between the two areas. And we ate lunch at both of the different areas. And so that was really nice to kind of have that experience and see the different things. Right. I think it was, it's two great options for families. I know there are so many things to do on this ship. I think there were some people who, you know, just got off on the island one day rather than the two. It definitely wasn't overcrowded. There was plenty of lounge chairs for everyone. So just really a great time there. Highly recommend a stop at Castaway Key if you're doing a Disney cruise. So before we wrap things up, anything else anybody has to comment about the cruise, something they enjoyed, they learned, anything like that? When are we going back? (laughs) (laughs) That's a great question. February, Samantha. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully that's the plan. (laughs) I will talk briefly about how we debark the ship. So on the day that you come back into port, there are different options for getting off the ship. So one option is you don't send your luggage the night before and you walk off that morning with your luggage. Usually this is called express walk-off. 
And you can do this anytime after the ship has cleared customs. So usually that's about 7.30 on the day that you get back into port. This is what we ended up doing. Kayla and I had early flights back home. And so this ended up being the best option for us. However, you can also enjoy breakfast on the ship and take your time and then get off the ship during different queues. So they usually do these by letter or color or Disney character, depending on the ship. And they will take your luggage the night before. So you'll just keep like a carry-on bag with you to carry off the ship. And then once you walk off, you will collect your baggage and then go through customs. And then you're on your way either onto your transfers or to renting a car or whatever you're doing next. So this is basically the same as it was pre-COVID, all the same situations. They still had options if you preferred for them to carry your luggage but that didn't allow you to get off the ship as quickly, which is nice if you are headed towards a flight um, and have limited time. So anybody have any other thoughts before we wrap things up? Well, I think we hit all the main points. And the biggest takeaway that I have from going is just, as always, Disney lives up to their expectations and cares about what their guests think and their experiences. And like I said, I can't wait to take my boys next, maybe next year when my littlest is three, so he can go to the kids club. <laughs> right. Agree. It, it's a great experience overall. So thanks for joining us today. If you need help planning your Disney cruise or any other vacation, be sure and reach out to the Pineapple Escapes agents at info at pineappleescapes.com. Thanks and have a great day. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of the Travel Tidbits podcast hosted by Pineapple Escapes. Travel makes life sweeter. Let the experts help you plan a vacation with lasting memories. We'd love to help you plan your next vacation and have you join our community. You can find us on the web at www.pineappleescapes.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Pineapple Escapes. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.